Welcome to your found family podcast where we don't just have a heart to heart, we connect soul to soul. I'm your host, Lizzie, a certified coaching practitioner who found family outside of blood family. In our found family, you are accepted and assured that you are not alone. Subscribe and tune in for educational and empowering soul chats with women from all over the world, talking about well-being, personal growth and development, and mental and emotional health. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Found Family. I have another special guest with me today, Dr. Tara Lynn, and we are going to be talking about fighting depression and anxiety naturally. Dr. Tara Lynn Sell is a psychotherapist, brain health expert, and co-creator of the world's first and only mental health and addiction recovery supplement line, Pro Recovery RX. For over 20 years, Dr. Tara Lynn has helped career-driven women overwhelmed by anxiety and panic attacks eliminate their symptoms and get off of medication completely using natural approaches that balances brain chemistry while permanently changing behavior. Dr. Tara Lynn is not a believer in throwing a prescription at the problem, which seems to be the blanket solution to stress, anxiety, and depression in our current society. She encourages a holistic approach to overall wellness, which results in lasting change, a healthier state of being, and a happier you. Love that. Dr. Terilyn, hello and welcome. Hello. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. a lot of stuff I do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm super pumped to be here. Oh, of course. It's such an honor. And what an incredible topic, especially during all of these confusing, uncertain, weird times, and everyone's anxieties are completely peaked. And, you know, to be able to speak with you about the natural ways that we can cope with this is a message that I know many people will, will need and want to hear. So to start off, um, would love to hear what are a few ways that we can improve our mental health without medication? Oh, we're diving right in, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Let's dive right in. All right. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, <laughs> the, the thing is, is that um, anxiety and depression, typically, one of the biggest things you can do for anxiety and depression is stabilizing your blood sugar. Now, this is a very easy thing that most people can do. And when you think about what we're doing nutrition-wise right now in COVID, we're doing a lot of stress eating. We're doing a lot of um, sugar eating and carb, like comfort food type eating. And we're also noticing more depression, more anxiety and sleep problems during this time, which is weird because, you know, our stress levels are actually less than what they were before often. Even though we might be juggling our family at home and work, we're not running around. We're not taking our kids here and there and everywhere, you know? We're at home, but yet we we have access to these tools and the uncertainty causes us to use them, right? These eating tools. So if we can kind of rewind things and work on blood sugar regulation, which can just mean this, eating protein every three to four hours, hmm. eating eating protein before bed, okay? And we'll get to, I'll get to why that's important, but the protein every three to four hours will stabilize your blood sugar. And the rise and fall of blood sugar contributes to feelings of depression and anxiety. So if you're experiencing anxiety, I'll say it is zero to 10, 10 being the worst. And because you're not eating or you're eating sugary things or you're you know pounding down the caffeine, that kind of stuff, 
and your anxiety is a 10, you know, you can impact that greatly through stabilizing your blood sugar. So wouldn't it be better to be a seven or an eight just because you ate some protein, mm. right? So it's very difficult that the, um, the science behind this is this, when your blood sugar falls, your adrenaline picks up the slack. And so your adrenaline is fight or flight. When fight or flight happens, that's when our thinking brains go offline and that's when we're doing and saying things we wish we wouldn't have said and done. That's when we're operating in anxiety and stress, okay? When blood sugar is really low, that's when you have more feelings of depression and low mood and fatigue and all, all those things. So just by raising and stabilizing that blood sugar over time, you're going to feel better. And that doesn't mean you have to eat a steak every three hours, you know? You can eat easy things like a pre-made protein shake, throw a straw in it, drink it throughout the day, you know, eat some cheese. I'm, I'm more of a believer of um, good, better, best, you know, um, good enough would be just eating something, mm. you know, the best would be, you know, a, a whole food protein shake mixed in your ninja every day, you know, all those things that people who are anxious or depressed that feels like a whole lot of work and nobody's going to do it, but you might be able to grab a piece of string cheese or some turkey meat or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. I, we need to keep it simple for people. Otherwise they're not going to do it, especially in the early stages. So that's one of the biggest things that you can do to help yourself right now, especially with, you know, there is a lot of sugar eating, carb eating, that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. you know? And if you stabilize your blood sugar, you're less likely to grab sugars and carbs too, because you'll be more satisfied. So that is very that. true. Yeah, absolutely. Great points. And, and I love what you said specifically about like the before bedtime. I mean, I'm definitely guilty of this. I think we all are, especially now during COVID. I'm waking up later and going to bed much later. So I'm mm -hmm. awake longer. And by being awake longer, yes. I'm getting hungrier during you know, weird peaks during the day. I'm getting hungry more often. Sleep, but I, I did want to add to the sleep thing. So sure, please. Yeah. So the thing is eating protein before bed will stabilize your blood sugar all night long. So a lot of people who have anxiety or depression complain that they wake up too early, like two o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, or they just don't feel like they're sleeping deeply. Mm. Um, and then when we ask like, well, what are you eating before bed? Usually it's either nothing or something very sugary or carb loading. Even things like fruit can do this. Hmm. So it will take your blood sugar off kilter for the night. So it will fall sharply. And then that adrenaline thing happens again, peaks it up and you're boom, you're awake at one o'clock in the morning going, why can't I sleep? Right? Mm -hmm. So again, before bed, no sugar, no carbs, protein snack only before bed you will begin to notice, you'll make this correlation that, yep, if I eat ice cream before I go to bed, it's going to be a crappy night, you know, or alcohol too. You know, a lot of people rely on like a glass of wine or a glass of beer or something before bed. Mm -hmm. It does help you fall asleep, but it will completely interrupt your sleep cycles and also cause that blood sugar dysregulation waking you up and you won't feel rested. So mm -hmm. that's probably that whole blood sugar stabilization 24 hours you think about with your kids too, those kids that have more behavioral problems or they're angry or they're just the um, concentration focuses off, think blood sugar, think protein snacks. That's such a good point. 
Mm-hmm. And I think where the audio might have cut off was me saying that because of COVID, we're going to bed later, waking up later, we're awake more, Everything's more off. hours. So out of curiosity, just last quick thing about the eating is that how many hours before bedtime? If people's new bedtime is like 2 a.m., is this, <laughs> you know, because I'm guilty of that. I'm not going to lie. There are times where are I've been you, Are you up playing video games all night? What's going on? Uh, I'm not. <laughs> but now I'm like, I can't fall asleep earlier than like 1.30 most nights. So in any case, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. But if, if people are going to sleep later, is this like, are we talking an hour before bed, 45 minutes, two hours before bed? Like what's the, well, I would a- think, you know, I would think that you, you run into natural patterns, right? Where you're going to feel like you want a snack, you know, mm-hmm. a couple hours, one to two hours before bed. So go ahead and have that protein snack. You know, if, if you want to have something like an apple, partner it with some nut butter, you know, mm-hmm. so you can do that too. But it's really just the natural rhythm of things um, as far as like eating a snack because our sleep schedules are off a little bit. We are Mm -hmm. staying up later, Um, but that tends to become normalized too, you know, as far as what you do before bed. So um, just, you know, hour or two before bed, just don't have ice cream or alcohol or, you know, those those things. Don't have those. Have protein (laughs) instead, you know, and- you know, and if you wake up in the middle of the night at one o'clock, it go ahead and have a little protein. So the one thing with women, and I have to say this, is that we are so worried. Some men too, we, we live in such a diet culture that they're like, what do you mean I have to eat more protein? Isn't that going to cause weight gain? What's going to happen to me? You know, and I'm like, okay, so there's some little hacks. All right. So before bed, if you don't want to eat food, right? Have a cup of herbal tea, like a chamomile or lavender tea, and put a little um, collagen protein in it. And there you have a calming and blood sugar stabilizing tea right before bed. Boom. Boom. See? Easy. That's great. I love it. All the hacks. Easy. Yeah, it's a hack. It's a good hack. Amazing. It works like a charm, too. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'll have to do it. Yeah, please great. do it. <laughs> and then I can comment back and be like, it worked. It worked. <laughs> if you comment back that it doesn't work, I'll be like, yes, it does. You didn't try hard enough. Anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah. so speaking about nutrition, um, yeah. can nutrition change how we look at addiction recovery? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It's probably the most overlooked thing in addiction and mental health recovery, by the way. Mm. Not too many people, mainstream therapists particularly, we're not looking at that. We're looking at addiction and mental health as if it's, um, you can think your way out of it. You know, you, people hear things like cognitive behavioral therapy. That's like thoughts and behavior, right? Mm-hmm. But physiologically, if you're not fueling your body for either of those, you're going to have things like more relapses. You're going to have the white knuckling to addiction. A lot of people in the addiction sector, like people who are struggling, I'll, I'll talk about particularly like people who are struggling with alcohol. They replace food with their drug. So they're not eating anything. Um, even like heroin, they, they replace food. You see heroin addicts, they're very skinny. You know, they're, their weight loss, they're gaunt, they're all that food has been replaced by their drug of choice for many reasons, you know, but food is what creates our neurotransmitters. So neurotransmitters are created by um, 
foods that have tyrosine or um, tryptophan or GABA, those are all neurotransmitters, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're not fueling our body with protein sources, proteins make neurotransmitters, and the nutrient cofactors that go along with that, that we have to have your B vitamins, your C, your D, your magnesium, all this stuff. If we're not eating, we're not doing that. Hmm. You know, we're not fueling our brain. We're not stabilizing our blood sugar. We're just running wild in addiction and anxiety and depression. So when you like partnering this with a diet culture of today is, you know, deprivation, you know, don't eat calorie counting, all these things we're not fueling our brains. So it's, you know, it, there's so many things that equal mental health and addiction issues that we're not talking about. And it all starts with nutrition and nutrition is for the brain. If you don't have a healthy brain, the rest of your body is not going to function because it all starts with your brain. It's all right. If you don't have a brain, what do you have? Right. That's so powerful, especially to your point, like the, the culture of today, like the way that we view dieting and especially when there's like all the commercials about medications and things, and it confuses mm-hmm. people. So if they don't have someone like you or a source to educate them on these things, mm-hmm. they're not even realizing that something that we sort of take for granted, right? Like we have our meals and when you don't make that correlation, you don't even realize that this is actually what's affecting the way yeah. that you're feeling. I mean, it's just wild to, to hear and learn more about all of that. Well, we look at food as, as, it, as if it's optional, right? Rather than necessary for survival. Right. And that's how we've looked at food for decades now. You know, I, I remember back in the 80s, um, all kinds of diet gurus came out, you know, and so food became optional, counting it, focusing on it, not eating it, eating more of this, not eating that. And so I think that that has probably not helped the mental health issues of today or the addiction issues of today too, because of the way that we look at food, food, it's not survival anymore. It's optional, wow. but it, it's really not it. Food is not an option. Uh, food is an option. It's not optional. You know, we need right. it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're here to help educate and right all the wrongs. So thank you for what oh. you <laughs> Love it. And so are you also able to share with us a few ways that natural supplements can improve mental health? Yeah. So, you know, supplements are an interesting thing because we're kind of inundated with a lot of supplements, right? You see them everywhere. Um, But a lot of people come to me because they don't know what to use or they've purchased 15 different things because they've read on the internet that this and that and this and that and this, right? Yeah. Before you know it, you've spent $500 on a crap ton of uh, supplements all over your counter, right? <laughs> yeah, my parents are guilty of that. I don't want to throw yeah. them off the bus, but I've been surrounded by lots of the, oh, I saw this commercial. Oh, they said this worked. Oh, this, oh, this, take this, take that. And I'm like, I get a headache just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There, and there's a place for supplements. I mean, I have a supplement company and we've taken the guesswork out of that. So there definitely is a place for supplements, but you have to know what you're looking for right? Mm -hmm. You have to know what you need. And so clearly people like your parents, sorry, are, (laughs) are searching for something, right? They're searching for vitality. They're searching for energy. They're searching for a lot of different things. 
So the only, the fallback with supplements is this, like, I don't want supplements to be viewed as take this, feel that, mm. you know, that's no different than um, medication then, right? Like it's one pill, one ill, right? Take this Ooh. if you feel like that, take this if you feel like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it has to be, it's called a supplement because it supplements things that you're missing, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <I'm> so, <laughs> For the podcast listeners that didn't see me, this is available over but video, but I, just, I did the but um shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's because it starts with food too. You have to combine the two things. Yeah. But if you're not in a place of combination, if you're not in the place where food even sounds good, you know, if you can use supplements like, you know, 5-HTP to help improve your serotonin or um, a tyrosine to help improve your dopamine, GABA to help improve your GABA. So GABA is like uh, anxiety stuff, right? Um, ser- most people talk about serotonin because it's it's well known. You know, they call it the happy chemical, and a lot of um, prescription medications target serotonin production. Um, so most people know that, but most people don't realize that a lot of depressive symptoms are actually dopamine related, not serotonin. So when you think about that. How many people are prescribed an SSRI for serotonin? Mm-hmm. And they say things like this. It didn't work. I didn't feel any different. As a matter of fact, I felt worse. I'm like, that's because it's dopamine, people. Oh. You know, <laughs> right? So you can swim down the rabbit hole of supplements, but my recommendation is this. Read about it, understand it, and then find somebody that can help you navigate what you really, really, really need. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. Instead of you know loading everybody up with all these supplements, I'm like, what is reasonable for you to take? What would be the, the best hitters for you right now mm-hmm. that will make a difference for you to feel better quicker, you know? Because right. once you can improve your mood, then you'll start eating more, then you'll start drinking water, then you might start moving a little more. Like it's all interrelated. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. But it's definitely. not just take this thing and it's going to be magic and, you know, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's the supplement world has become interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And what are, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. That's fine. Oh, I was just going to say like, what a great example that you gave as well, because that's like someone saying I have a headache and being given, you know, a vitamin to, you know, to help with the headache. And it's like, well, I didn't feel anything, you know? And it's like, well, that's because that's not what's going to actually help and get to the root of what you're actually experiencing. So to put it in perspective that way is really powerful. And I, I, you know, again, well, I mean, resonating with me and I know it will with others. Hopefully your parents are listening. Hopefully my mom's listening. I don't know if she is or not. But, you know, I, also the other thing people do is they, you know, and please, you know, check with your pharmacist and your doctor, especially with any underlying health conditions. But, you know, sometimes you need to take a different dose for yourself. You know, supplements are like bio-individual. I might need more of something than you would, True. you know, um, So you kind of have to fiddle around with that a little bit, or again, find somebody that knows what they're doing to help you is probably the best thing. Mm -hmm. But I do have people come in and like, well, I tried, you know, tyrosine and I took one capsule. They come in different milligrams and I felt nothing. And I'm like, well, you've been on heroin for 10 years. You're not going to feel something with one capsule of tyrosine, you know, you need something else. Mm -hmm. So, but a lot of people will try something and discard it as useless when it's really more like, well, you're either taking the wrong thing or the wrong dose, you know, because mm-hmm. so, yeah. we're all bio-individual people. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Great point. 
And so a lot of the common denominators for the things that we've talked about seem to be a lot of like stress and anxiety based, but speaking and addressing to the depression, this is another heavy loaded question, but how can we keep trauma from ruining our lives and mental health? Trauma? Mm -hmm. um, well, trauma is interesting, isn't it? So trauma does change the brain, you know? Um, people, so I am also a very skilled trauma therapist. It's a big part of my practice, but to keep trauma from ruining your life, get help earlier rather than later. Mm. Um, don't sit on a traumatic event for years and years and years, pushing it under the rug, like go ahead and go in for some trauma therapy. And here's the thing, like many therapists, sorry, therapists who are listening, you know, say that they you know, yes, I can help you with your trauma, but unless they're like really skilled in a trauma treatment, like brain spotting or EMDR or trauma focused CBT, something like that, extra training, um, extra supervision, like you're, they're probably not going to get to the root of the problem very quickly. Mm. Uh, that's my personal opinion. Um, things like EMDR are the most evidence-based research for trauma treatment today. So find a skilled EMDR therapist and don't be afraid of the hard work. Um, that's how you're going to get it so the trauma doesn't ruin your life, you know. Mm -hmm. um, also focus on, you know, neurotransmitter repair, just what we're talking, brain health, eating. You know, a lot of people who have trauma symptoms have anxiety and depression and the same stuff or addictions, you know. So all the same stuff, brain health first, you know. I, I like to round out people's brain health first because then that frees them up to actually do the hard work right so if you're not shaking anymore because you have stable blood sugar or your neurotransmitters are more balanced than they were before you're going to be more capable to show up to trauma treatment now the hard part is is with um amino acid therapy and neurotransmitter balance people start to feel so good that they're like, well, I don't think I have to work on my trauma anymore. And I'm like, now's the time. Do it. It'll re it'll reemerge. Trust me. It will come back, you know? <laughs> right. So you forget how bad you felt, you know, before, but it, it, it pops up. But yeah, in order to, you know, get a grip on it and work on it early. But if you haven't worked on it early, that's fine. Just find somebody very skilled to help you. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a huge need and a very big specialty. So mm -hmm. treat it like that. Mm -hmm. Kind of like when you, you kind of like going to a family practice doctor when you really needed an OBGYN, mm. you know, or something like that. Right. Yeah. So again, great example, great analogy. <laughs> the one that came to mind too was like, again, since we're all in COVID, it's like, we now have extra time that we otherwise would be spending commuting or doing all these other things. But this has given us a very unique opportunity to do the passion project that's been on the back burner or do whatever. So it's like, we're planning ahead. We're thinking about the next step while we are able to right now. So it sounded, that was the example that kind of came to mind as you shared what you just shared, that it's like, be proactive instead of reactive. Yes, absolutely. And even during COVID, man, I've been doing a ton of teletherapy and I've been doing EMDR in teletherapy mm, and it's wow. working great, you know? And the best part about it is people are able to like snuggle up with 
their um, things that make them feel comfortable, their animals, that kind of stuff when we do it that they can't mm -hmm. do in an office. That's so I'm true. I'm like, why didn't I do this years ago? I don't know. Aw, <laughs> to go get like an office cat or like a... <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah, 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 no. <laughs> we actually have no. a cat and I'm not usually, I'm not usually a cat person. I'm more of a dog person. But I have to say having her during COVID has been really nice because she is you know, soft and cuddly and it makes you feel good. So that's, that's I, really funny. I think my dog thinks the same thing. Having me around during COVID, yeah. COVID makes him feel good. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. I have been talking about that with friends. I'm like, what are our pets going to think when we go back to work? They're like, what? You're not permanently home with me? This isn't like a new thing? Okay, cool. That's fine. <laughs> Aw. Yeah, exactly. Either that or now we're going to have to do pet pet therapy because <laughs> they're all depressed. Oh my God. <laughs> That's so funny. And so as our final question, which, you know, I think we've kind of gotten an answer to, but would love to just hear um, a little bit deeper into it, but is nutrition the future of mental health? Yes. Nutrition has been the past of mental health, the current and the future. Yes, it is. Um, I, you know, I think therapists uh, need to evolve. I think they need to start talking about nutrition and brain health. I think they need to look at a broader viewpoint of what makes a person whole. Mm. Um, and I think doctors need to do the same thing. I, I nutrition is is key. And I know as we evolve in brain health research and, you know, gut health and things like that, like we're, we're finding these things to be more prevalently rooted to poor nutrition and inflammation and things like that, um, which can all be mitigated through a better diet. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, like I've got people that go, you know, 200%, I'm all in, I'm going to do all the things. And you know, that causes problems too. Like we still need to work on this happy medium situation with nutrition. So when I say that to the people who are listening, don't fear having to change your diet. We start small and then add to that, you know, yeah. you know, start where they're at. But yeah, nutrition is definitely the future. Well, it's the now of mm -hmm. mental health and addiction. It's now. Um, if we don't, more people are going to suffer. Mm -hmm. And I'm not into that. Now, now that I know what I know, I feel like it's my mission to, to shake things up a little bit. Absolutely. You know? mm -hmm. And that's so wonderful. And yeah, I, w I would agree that unfortunately I have not yet been introduced or have had like certain conversations about nutrition. Like I I've seen a therapist, I've, you know, but, uh, and love my therapist. She's great. I just yeah. didn't, you know, and I also went to her for like a very specific thing. I mean, granted it was all about OCD. Um, but we hadn't really gotten into the conversation about nutrition. So really all of this is more new knowledge to me. And it could be the very first time that one of our listeners is even pairing the two and, and making this connection. So I think that uh, a takeaway as well as being able to use, um, you know, this podcast as like a resource to have the, the spreading awareness of like yeah. what you can do and what, uh, especially during COVID, like to take the time to do the research. And so are there other things that our listeners would be able to do if right now they're really stressed, really anxious, they're feeling depressed, like what are, you know, maybe one or two things that can help them to relieve some of that stress and anxiety, part one. And then part two would be um, how would they be able to sort of 
as they're researching, know who to trust or sort of know how to filter through that, you know, because I really want to make sure that the, the, the cherry on top of each episode is like an empowerment to help someone uh, overcome what it is that they're struggling with and to leave them with something that, you know, they can take action on because I'm a really big believer in that. So, you know, I know that was a heavy two, two for one question, but <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Hmm, where, where do I go there? Your insight on, I guess, the, fir the first part, um, which was, you know, if they're feeling stressed and anxious right now, are there certain things that they'd be able to start doing today? All right, let's, let's start with that first. So probably the easiest thing that you can do, again, would be that blood sugar regulation that you can do right now. Um, secondly, like, guys, I love essential oils because they are easy to do. They're so easy. And it's not another pill to take, you know, essential oils impact your limbic system, which is the emotional center of your brain. So let's impact that, right? <laughs> like, let's impact that. That's really easy to do. Um, and I just wanted to say like, uh, well, the other thing would be like breathing exercises. So anything you can do to dial down your nervous system is going to prevent that adrenaline from pumping. Okay, so your heart has to beat 90 to 100 beats a minute for adrenaline to start pumping for you to be in your fight or flight or anxious mind. Okay, so when you exhale, your heart rate slows down. When you inhale, your heart rate goes up. So if you can't remember to do anything, remember to start with a long exhale. Okay, and then you inhale and then you exhale twice as long as your inhale. And do that for five to seven minutes so your body understands there's no threat. You know, and that's probably the most powerful thing for physiologically that you can do for your heart and your lungs and your nervous system. Now, combine that with some essential oils and you've got a one-two punch, you know, to feel a lot better. Combine that with blood sugar stabilization, boom, boom, boom. There you go. Wow. You know, it, it should help you tremendously and they're easy things to do. Mm -hmm. I did want to follow this up with this. Like, I don't expect all therapists to be nutritionists, right? So what I would expect them to do is to be open-minded and knowledgeable enough to be like, this makes sense. So find a therapist who's willing to partner with a nutritionist. Mm. You know, um, if you already have a nutritionist that you're working with, don't be afraid to tell your therapist. I don't know how many people that I come to, they're like, well, I'm doing this thing with supplements and I didn't want to say anything because I didn't, you know, and I'm like, tell me, it's fine. I would love to meet the person, you know? Um, so find some, find a therapist that's open-minded and open-hearted about using other people as um, a treatment partner, you know, mm -hmm. for you. So I think it's important. Like I said, therapists just need to we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. And we're not trained on nutrition unless you take the extra training, but That's you know, true. so find someone who's open-minded and open-hearted enough to know that more than talk therapy is going to be helpful. So, mm -hmm. anyway, so I think that that, that actually, yeah, no, that's great. And thank you so much. And I, I would actually say that that kind of answered the second part of the last question, which is, you know, <laughs> how, how can someone sort of like weed out uh, during their research, like what to trust versus what not to trust or who to turn to and who not to turn to is to have these kind of like open conversations about, you know, understanding that we are mm -hmm. human and that means that we are complex and we need the nutrition, we need this, we need that and the therapy. So it's like for someone who's able to be open-minded, who has, you know, if not the expertise, at least the awareness or the understanding um, and sort of using that as uh, a guide yeah. 
I would say is what I kind of took away from that. I'm not sure if you have anything else to add, but that was my takeaway. <laughs> yeah. No, just, yeah, just be your own best advocate. You know, if, if you know that you want to try something holistic, don't be afraid to say it because if you don't say it, you'll never know what the reaction is going to be, right? If you say, I want to do some holistic things with herbal supplementation or amino acids or nutrition and your therapist looks at you like you've got a third eye in the middle of your forehead, <laughs> you might want to make a different appointment. I don't, you know, <laughs> so. That's fair. Yeah, you know, or if they're like, sure, explore that. I, I will support that 100%. Then you're like, thumbs up to that, you know? That's so, great. Yeah, you just have to be your own best advocate for most things in life, right? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that is like a mic drop comment at the end of that. So amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. And to my found family, I definitely want to encourage you to go and support Dr. Tara Lynn. I'm gonna have all of the links to go check out her website and all of the things that she has in the description of both the podcast and this YouTube video. Um, are there any specific places that you would like to, to reference us to right now while we're here? Um, DrTaraLynn.com is my website. Um, pretty much on all platforms, it's Dr. Tara Lynn. It's pretty easy. Perfect. <laughs> oh, I just started TikTok. So anybody who, you know, any moms out there that wanna, support my TikTok channel. Yeah. Right. I subscribe to you. I just started my, well, I started my TikTok last year, stopped doing it because I was like, this is for teeny boppers. I'm like, what are these no. doing? And now I'm like, oh my God. And I'm starting to use it for my coaching practice. And I'm like, it's yeah. really fun. I'll subscribe to you. That's awesome. Okay. I'll, thanks. I'll have your link in there too. That'll be great. Oh, now I'm thanks. excited to go check out your videos. Oh my gosh. I just started yesterday. Like seriously, it's not great. Yay. Oh my gosh. Well, by the time this episode airs, you'll probably have more episodes. So sure. we're, we're getting, we're spreading the awareness for you. All right. Sounds good. Amazing. Well, it's been yeah. such an honor. Thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and tune in next week for a new topic. To help spread the good vibes, please share this episode with friends and family, or if you share on social, be sure to tag me at Coach Lizzie.